Hey, this is Graham Lesh from Midnight North and Phil Lesh and Friends, and you're listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast with Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 200 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Shannon Kaler, singer and drummer for the San Francisco-based band The Stone Foxes that he fronts together with his brother Spencer. One of the things that makes this band different from so many others is that they have basically made their mark and their living from licensing their songs to TV shows, films, and commercials. Their cover of Slim Harpo's I'm a King Bee was featured in the national ad campaign for Jack Daniels. Their track Hide and Pine was featured in the Oscar-winning film Free Solo. And they've had multiple songs in FX's Sons of Anarchy. All of this led them to being profiled in Forbes magazine of all places. And by the way, Shannon has had two open heart surgeries for a congenital defect. What a story. And in the middle of this episode, as I do with all my musician guests, Shannon and I are going to do what I call a song fest. We're going to play a handful of his best works. You'll hear a bit of them. We'll talk about them. You'll get the backstories. And nobody else does this in podcasts. And you also know that I feature a song of mine underneath the introduction and at the end in every episode. And I try to make that song relevant somehow to my guest. And in this instance, I've chosen the song The Fall of Winter, a single that I did together with the great Jim Peterick of the Ides of March and formerly with Survivor. We released that song last year. Why did I choose it? Well, it's got a similar hard rock feel to that of the Stone Foxes. So Shannon Kaler, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast, baby. Thanks, Robert. Stoked to be here. Thank you. Listen, it's always great to have great young musicians like yourself on this podcast. And I want to talk a little bit about that whole sync thing, because I consider it a brilliant strategy. You know, the world for musicians has changed radically. I mean, when I was coming up, it was all albums and then it became CDs and you went on tour in order to sell this stuff. And then the world changed. And now it's all about streaming. And every musician that I know is complaining that it's so hard to make a living. But you guys figured out one way to do it. Brilliant. Tell me about that. Well, I'll be really honest with you. I didn't figure any of it out. I mean, I think we got really lucky and we worked really hard to get a great team together. And that's, that's, I think, been our biggest blessing throughout the whole journey is that we had amazing managers, we had great agents, and we had people who, who came to us and wanted to use our music. And I think also, I really believe in the power of saying yes. I think a lot of opportunities happen because 
we did weird offhand kind of shows and we just said yes to doing a lot of things. And we kind of got known by some different people down in LA by doing some weird shows. And they said, Oh yeah, well that's, that band sort of sounds like this. I bet they'd be, I bet one of their songs would sound great in a bar scene of this TV show. All right. Tell me what does weird things mean? What did you do? What kind of weird things? Well, I would say like we played someone's backyard barbecue down in L.A., somebody that our old manager, he knew a guy that was kind of getting into licensing. He started this company called Honey Pot, and we did his backyard. And, you know, we're an electric band. What we feel that we do best is to rip and to really, you know, turn your amp up to 11 kick some ass and go home kind of thing, you know, but you he go. wanted us to play acoustic and for us, you know, play your backyard barbecue. Okay. But out of that relationship came the sons of anarchy placements. And those were really the things that sort of uh, got the ball rolling for us. And then, then we were able to get onto shameless and then we got the Jack Daniels thing. And then I think, yeah. And, and from there, the the ad sort of thing just sort of happened and we just got really lucky that way all of that from a backyard barbecue i love that story yeah well and and also my brother and i spence who's our lead guitar player like our very first gig was playing a uh, a mennonite ice cream social in fresno and we made 40 bucks and that was that was like the beginning of so maybe everything's born out of a backyard fest. Who knows? All right, listen, I got you there because I've told this on the podcast before. My first gig when I was sixteen, uh huh, I played a Boy Scout luncheon, and we got paid in cheeseburgers. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh. All right, listen, everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And look, when I started my band, Project Grand Slam, I mean, the first few gigs, it was like a private concert for the bartender and the waitress. And you must have had the same kind of thing, right? Oh, man. So many shows like that. And boy, you know, starting off, you you decide, oh, I'm just going to go on tour. I'm 19 and I'm going to go on tour. Well, to who? <laughs> Who's going to come and see you? You know, like. But uh, but that's the great idea that you have. And you go to Boise and you play for the bartender and his girlfriend. And that's about it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that stuff happens. And honestly, I don't know about you, Robert, but those are always the shows that we remember the most. You know, there's the great shows and the great festivals that you play and you love those and you feel like you're on top of the world. But it's always the weird, funny, you know, you're out in the Santa Cruz mountains and a, and a bar fight starts. And then there's a guy who calls himself the sax man, but he only plays the flute, you know, like weird, the weird shows are the ones you remember. Totally. I had on the podcast recently, the fellow who was the manager of the police. And he told a story about how the most memorable gig that the police ever had was to four people. Okay. Because one of those people was a disc jockey that broke Roxanne. Oh my god. This is Miles Copeland I'm talking about who was telling that story. So you're right. It's the weird off gigs that you remember, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's the off gigs that are sometimes the best opportunities. So 
another one of those kinds of gigs that it's kind of like the backyard barbecue. We, uh, you know, a- after our second record, we started getting some spins out in Arizona and some other states. And so there was a a really sweet man um, who who played us on his rock station in Phoenix. And he said, OK, I want to have you guys come out and play this radio station event. And it was at Toby Keith's Bar and Grill. Have you ever heard of that chain? I have not. I've, I've heard of Toby Keith, but not the Bar and Grill. <laughs> yeah, not my favorite artist, but, you know, whatever. He's, you know, and uh, but but this guy had this event happening at that venue. So we go down there and he's really pumping it up and nobody comes, you know, <laughs> again, playing to the bartender and uh and he says, guys, I'm really sorry that this whole thing happened. Is there any band that you would like to open for someday? And we were like, well, my morning jacket or the black keys, you know, something like that would be crazy. And then he did it and he got us on the black keys show. And that was really one of the big instigators of how we got out on the road and started building the following. That is unbelievable. You're, you're right. You never know where life is going to take you or which road is going to, you should be going down. And I like what you said before about saying yes, because the only way that you get to experience these different options is by taking chances. And it all starts with yes. Yeah. And you'll fall on your face too. Like, that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Oh yeah. You know, you have to have a thick skin to be in any creative business, right? Right. Because you're going to hear the word no, or we don't like you or whatever so many times. And you just have to have that, you know, gumption to keep going. Like, uh, you know, I heard about this podcast because my friend Graham Lesh came on with you. Right. And he said, oh, you should do this podcast. And so even me asking Graham to come and play guitar with us on the road, even that felt like taking a real chance, you know? Because he's busy. He's got lots of stuff going on. And it felt like a real ask. But but then in the end, it's like he was so into it. And he's such a sweet person. And we just had the best time together. And uh, so, yeah, even the small things like that feel like you're really going for it and asking a favor of somebody. But he was he was down. He was great. Well, I've said this before, that the icing on the cake for me about this podcast, not only do I get to meet great people like yourself, but I have been able to collaborate musically with a handful of these great artists. And uh, that takes the relationship into a whole different place. And it just, you know, it, it again, it's like being at the top of Mount Everest. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Who, who have you worked together with that's been on the podcast? Well, Jim Peterick who I mentioned in my introduction, you know, he's a fabulous artist. Yeah. He did the theme song for the movie Rocky three, which has only got about a billion views on YouTube at this point. <laughs> right. Um, right. On one of my recent albums, I had John Helliwell, who's the saxophonist for super tramp. One of my favorite bands of all time. That's one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Oh man. Love super tramp. And I, I had, uh, Elliot Randall, who had that amazing guitar solo for Steely Dan in Reeling in the Years, he was on as well. It's people like that that have just made this whole thing into a a wonderful, fantastic experience. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the whole San Francisco thing, because 
you know, to me, San Francisco, when I think of San Francisco, it's the 60s. It's the Grateful Dead. It's the jam bands. Yeah. It's the Steve Miller band, Quicksilver, all of those great bands that I loved back then. But you guys, you really don't do that whole jam band thing, do you? Uh, the Stone Foxes? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, we don't. And it's kind of funny because we love so many people in that world. I, it's really funny. I've always felt like we're a little bit of, you know, fish out of water and always kind of <laughs> have been. And I'm, I don't know totally why, because my brother and I, we grew up east of Fresno in the mountains and we grew up on all those records and we lit it. We listened to big brother and to Janice and to CCR from El Cerrito and, you know, to, uh, the Dead and to Sly and the Family Stone, all those San Francisco groups, you know? Yep. And we worshiped those groups and the, that music. And my brother would take me to the Fillmore when I was in high school. And we thought, oh my God, we never even contemplated the idea that we'd be playing there someday. Uh -huh. You know, like we were hoping that we could get a, a gig at the Hotel Utah. <laughs> which was, you know, that was, that was what was in our sights. Right. But um, yeah, I think we've always, I think our song structure has just really been very riff centered. That's kind of who my brother is as a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And I've always been really chorus centered. I don't know why maybe it's, um, you know, I've always, I've always been a huge disciple of the band of um joe cocker right that kind of stuff that wasn't necessarily jammy right you know it was a song centered thing but i really appreciate it and i also love being a part of the community of some of the jam scene in san francisco we're talking about graham and midnight north and elliot peck and uh, there's the mother hips who are out here and there's a lot of bands like that, but I think we've always been, uh, yeah, riff, chorus, hit them in the face, and then try to, while being intense, we want to deliver something of substance and and a song. And a lot of my lyrics have always been pretty political. And we try to say something in our music because my dad was a, a Dylan worshiper, and my first Dylan concert, I was 13. And um, I had a pacemaker just put in during that time. And I remember that being the first concert that I had ever been around a lot of bass before, which, of course, Dylan compared to somebody else, that's not a lot of bass, but I had never experienced that. But I remember just loving the music and feeling it and being kind of nervous about it, but just loving that stuff. And so Dylan's political edge and growing up, feeling like music should say something. I'm really glad that you just brought this up because I totally agree with you. In fact, my new EP that I just came out with has a couple of songs on it that are definitely social message type songs. I believe that artists have an obligation to speak out on the social issues of the day. And you're right that Dylan, Neil Young, so many artists in the 60s, they did that. They did it consistently. And yet, so many of the guys that I've interviewed on this podcast have said to me, in essence, we don't want to take 
any positions that might be controversial because we don't want to alienate half the audience. And okay, that's their position, but I never agreed with that. So I'm glad to hear that you've got a message in your music. Well, we're from San Francisco, so you can probably imagine what our political leanings and what our personal feelings are from. I guess I've always thought of it like, you know how people say, uh, I don't want to talk politics, right? Uh-huh. Well, in my mind, you know, politics is sort of a uh, is a word that you say when you don't want to talk about an uncomfortable subject or something that you don't, you know, um, well, yeah, well, let's let's talk about equality. And what does that mean as far as housing, as far as uh, voting rights? as far as racial discrimination, like, like, is that politics or is that human rights? And, you know, for me, and, you know, I also, I understand I'm a straight white male, so I've had it pretty easy when it comes to life. But I would also say that, um, you know, I think we have to look at the world around us. And I think we have to be for each other. And I think we have to root for each other and make space for each other. And um, I think that's just something that is beautiful about the West Coast and about big cities. And That's a very San Francisco type of ethos, okay? And I like that. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller, your host. I've just released a new EP called The Singles Project that features five of my new songs. I'm pleased to say that the recording has gotten wonderful reviews. It's been called amazing, magical, fabulously enticing, a home run, and a sonic toward the force. How about that? The songs speak to the ups and downs of life, from the blissful, joyous Saturday morning to the darker commentary of Like Never Before and The Ship. Several reviewers said the songs show me exposed and vulnerable. And you know what? They're probably right. See for yourself. The songs can be streamed on Spotify and all the other streaming services. And you can check out all of my music at the Project Grand Slam website. The links are all in the show notes. As always, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and to my music, and keep on rocking. All right, I want to segue with you now into the Songfest portion of this interview, because you've done some great things, and I want people to hear some of this. So right now I'm playing that first song that I mentioned. It was your cover of I'm a King Bee. And it's got that hard rock kind of edge. It's got that distorted sound kind of, they almost sounded to me like a little bit of Nirvana. I don't know. I'm probably dating myself when I say that, but Nirvana is still cool, Robert. All it's right. Still, okay. Nirvana is still you. cool. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Tell me about that one. That's another opportunity that just sort of showed up. You know, a lot of people will ask, you know, you were talking about the sync thing and how did that happen? You know, pitching has hardly got us that many things. It's happened a few times where, you know, our licensing or publishing company has pitched and we get something, but we got really fortunate with people asking for us to do things. And so there was a, an ad agency, uh, Arnold Worldwide was looking for, you know, a sound like that. And someone who they knew at K-Rock down in LA said, oh, well, you should try asking the Stone Foxes. And uh, we were on our way to South by Southwest. And so they said, hey, can you guys turn around a demo of what it would sound like if you guys covered uh, Slim Harpo's I'm a King Bee, which a million people had covered. And so we thought, okay, so we have 10 shows in four days. And in between each show, we're going to run out and go record something and then come back and play another show. And we did that for a couple of days. And our manager sort of said, I don't think you quite have that yet. And I think you need to do it again. And um, my brother and I kind of landed on that riff. And then we went and tried some other things. And our manager, Joe, he was he had a really good ear for that stuff. And he said, stick with that. And um, yeah, it turned out to be this ad that ran for like five years. It was kind of wild. And um, it was it was just great. It was it was really fun to play. Cool. All right, let's go to the next one. This is kind of a, I guess, one of your big hits. Everybody knows. us about this one well yeah that kind of gets back to sort of the political leaning as far as the messaging uh very economic driven because we put that out you know probably two or three years after the big collapse in 2008 and you know you're seeing a lot of vulture capitalists move in and things like that and so it's sort of uh, a murder mystery song but that's about the pillaging of of young people. And just, uh, I guess I was always hoping that those companies felt bad about what they did and I'm not sure if they did, but anyway, that's the, that's the message part. But my brother had hurt himself after a practice with a butter knife. He was trying to open up a, a roll and put some butter in. Um, and he, and he cut his finger. So the next day at practice, he only had control of three fingers. And so the riff is that dun 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 dun, and that's because he only had three fingers to play <laughs> with. So it's kind of funny how limitations kind of turn into a thing, and and I also uh, love getting to play harmonica whenever I can. Yeah, very very cool. If he didn't hurt that finger, maybe the whole thing would exactly. Have yeah yeah. You never know. You never know. All right, let's go to the next one. This is Ulysses Jones. 
I love the video of this one on YouTube because you got this desert background, which I didn't really understand. Explain that whole thing to me, would you? Yeah. So Brian Dellum, he was the guy who did all the time-lapse footage for Breaking Bad, that TV show. Uh-huh. One of my favorite shows. And he just kind of became a fan and he said, I want to do a music video. And so we sent him a few songs from the record. And he said, oh, let's do that one. And I have this idea where we have this desert backdrop, but then we'll pull out with a crane and we'll actually be in the desert. And so that reveal thing, you know, music videos always have some sort of reveal at some point. That's like part of the uh, plot of most music videos. So anyway... That all worked out. And then Spence, he kind of looked like a sexy god, which is kind of weird to say about your brother. But he just he kind of took over and looked awesome. So that's yeah, that was that was really fun. All right. Sexy God. I'll, you should tell him that. OK, he'll appreciate that. <laughs> no, he's too good at stuff. I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for my brother, but he's already too good at several things and he doesn't need to be congratulated all right and don't let him listen to this podcast okay okay i'll okay. keep that away from him. all right we're gonna do one more this one is time is a killer it's like a mini film directed by this guy david dutton yeah a wood to the unwise check the people she advertised she's coming to cut throats and she's putting out your eyes she don't take names no need to Tell us about that, because this one was different from the others. Yeah, so this is a song off of our recent record. And actually, Fox Sports just used this for an NFL thing this season. But the video idea was all David's. And he said, yeah, how do we do kind of a Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction-y kind of look? You know, because we, we thought of the new record as sort of sounding like a Tarantino soundtrack. And we wanted a lot of Western themes in there. And uh, so Time is a Killer has sort of those Western horns and stuff like that. Yeah, so he kind of put together something that he felt was like a uh, a Tarantino action sort of movie that, you know, time is represented by somebody going around and basically... Uh, people who are running out of time get killed off and it's a little more gory than it should be, but it's fun. <laughs> all right. Listen, you got to have fun while you're doing all of this for sure. We have been talking here with Shannon Kohler of the stone foxes. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I mean, you guys have just done so many things that I admire. So I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. Well, thanks Robert. Thanks for the time. You're great. And now we're going to listen to that song that started off the podcast. It's my song that was co-written together with Jim Peterick. 
It's called The Fall of Winter. I want to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com. Oh,